Okay, so we're up to Daf Ayin Amid Bez. We actually did not finish the Amid. We're halfway through by the two dots. So the Mishnah said, that if a person steals and sells the item on Shabbos, he's Chayiv. Because there is no Kim Lebedir There's no reason to exempt him because he didn't desecrate Shabbos biblically. He just sold an item, which is not a biblical form of desecration of Shabbos. Says the Gemara of Hatanya, boy, there's a Braisa that says Potter. There's a Braisa that says that if you steal and sell the item on Shabbos, you're Potter. Meaning, because Kim Lebedir but why? I don't understand. Why would you be potters? Amram Barchama. So basically, we have a riddle. How do you ever have a situation where the mechira involves biblical desecration of Shabbos? Because that's what we're saying over here. That the Brisa says you're potter because you're not chayv dalad behei because you're going to get the death penalty. How? You just sold an item. So Amram Barchama. Kitanya ahid potter. The case that you're potter is ba'oymerloi okutz te'ena mitenasi v'tikni le'gnuvaseich. The case is where the buyer, right? I steal the item, I'm the thief. There's someone who wants to buy the item from me. So here's what I deal. So I, I say to the so the, the buyer says to me, I want the, the, the item, I want the, the cow, and how am I gonna pay? I'm gonna pay by allowing you to take uh, figs off of my tree. So you take figs off the tree, and then I'll uh, then uh, um, and with that I'll uh, you're gonna you get the item meaning. Again, just to get the clarity, Ruvain steals the item. Uh, Shimon wants to buy it. So how is Shimon going to pay? So Shimon says to Ruvain, do me a favor, give me the item, and the way you'll pay, the way I'll pay, is I'll allow you to pluck the figs off of the tree. So the payment involves desecration. So the mechira involves desecration of Shabbos. So it's a valid mechira, where the payment is allowing him to pluck figs off the tree. But because that's a biblical desecration, it's kim the ramine, there's no chiv dalad Okay. So the Gemara has the problem. We're saying right now it's a valid mechira, but there's no dalad behe because it came of the Ramine. The question is, why is it a valid mechira? The, the, the definition generally of a mechira is, when I take money for something, I'm obligated to give you the item. And vice versa, you give me the item, I'm obligated to pay. Where there's a, there's, a desi- there's a need. You give me A, I must give you B. If I don't give you B, I now have to return A. That, that's the definition of a valid sale. Over here, what's the sale? The sale is, I am, giving you, uh, I am giving you A, and in return, I'm plucking B from the tree on Shabbos. Here's the problem. Let's say the guy were to pluck the figs off the tree on Shabbos. Take the money. Take the payment. Now, generally, if I take money, I have to give you the item. Is he obligated to give the item? It says, no. Take him to court. Kim Meaning, the very fact that the payment is a form of a desecration of Shabbos makes it that it's not an actual transaction. Meaning, you're saying that there's no doubt because of Kim Deramine, it's not a transaction at all. Why? The definition of a transaction is, you give me money, I give you the item. Over here, the money that I'm taking is taking the figs off the tree on Shabbos, which is a biblical desecration of Shabbos. The problem is, let's say I did that, and you say, well, you took my figs, can I please have the stolen cow? I said, no. Do I have to give you the cow? No, I don't. What are you going to do, take me to court? Kim Deramine. I already was desecrated Shabbos with that act, and therefore you can't get me financially. So it's not, uh, so, so the case is where you sold the cow by taking, pl- pucking figs off the tree. The problem is it's not a transaction. Yes, I mean, it looks like a transaction because you gave a cow and you got the figs as payment. But if you look at the depth of what a transaction is, a transaction by definition means that when you get the payment, you have to give the item. Over here, by taking the payment, I desecrated Chavez. Therefore, I'm not financially responsible to give you the item. So it's not a real transaction. 
So the Gemara says Amri, the Kivan, the Katavali Kaman Bedina, Le Amri Nulazil Shlim, the Mechai Benafshehu, Hamichir Nala Mechirihi. So it's not a good transaction. So forget about the fact that it's Kimli Amine. It's not a transaction, it's not a deal. So the Gemara says, You're right. So we're back to the original problem, which is how do you ever have a Mechira on Shabbos that is a biblical pr- uh, prohibition? To prevent you from pay, paying dollar per hey, Elam Rav Papa. Rav Papa says, you know what the case is. Rav Papa says the case is where the The case is where I'm buying the cow from you, and I say to the thief, throw the cow into my chotzer, and my chotzer is going to make the kinyan. But you're throwing it from Rishus Aram to Rishus Ayachid. So the exact same time that the transaction is being confirmed, which is it's being cut in my chotzer, that exact same moment, Chil Shabbos happened. So there's no there's no chiyud dollar hey because it came the rabbinai. Oh. So the Gemara says Kiman. Now one quick point: when it has to be the exact same time, when does the chotzer kaina the second it gets into the airspace? When is it Chil Shabbos when it lands on the ground? That's moments later. So it's not the exact same time. So the Gemara says Kiman Kiva This follows the view of Rav Akiva. Rav Akiva's view. It's that some, whenever something gets above the airspace, it's Ki'ilu, it landed. Kluta Kemishon Chodamia. So therefore, it's happening at the exact same time. The cow flies from Rishus Arabim into my Chatzar. The second it gets within the walls of the Chatzar, I'm Kaina it, so the Mechira takes place. And as Chil Shabbos, I didn't land yet. Kluta Kemishon Chodamia. Just being above the airspace is Ki'ilu, it landed. Dika Rabbana, because according to the Rabbanon, who disagree with the Rabbi Kiva, and they feel that Shabbos is only desecrated when it lands. It's not at the exact same time. So it's not going to exempt you from Dalit Behei. Because it's not Kim Levi the Rabbinet. Kim the Rabbinet was at the exact same time. It's not at the exact same time. The Chatzar is kind of... So the theft and the sale takes place when it's in the air. So you already have Dalit Behei. And then when it lands, there's desecration shops. It's not, not the exact same time. So the Gemara says, The case is it could be according to everybody. And I specifically say, throw the cow into my chatzar, but I only want my chatzar to be kind of when it lands. Why I said this? I'm not sure. But the point is, that's the case. So therefore, the desecration of Shabbos happened at the exact same time. Okay. Rav Omar. Rav says, let's go to the original Pshat. Again, we're looking for a case where it's a valid Mechira, but because the Mechira involves desecration of Shabbos, what do we say the case is? The case is where the payment is allowing the thief to pluck figs off the tree. So it's desecration of Shabbos. But we said, here's the problem. It's not even a transaction. Forget about Kim the Rabbinah. It's not a transaction. Why? Because a transaction, by definition, means, the Gemara assumes at least, for a transaction to be defined as a transaction, it's where when you take the payment, you're obligated to return the item, or to give the item in exchange. Over here, when you take the payment, which involves desecration of Shabbos, you don't, you're not financially responsible for anything in return. So the Gemara responds, I'll say this outside of the inside, the Gemara responds, no. That's not the definition of a transaction. Even if, yes, technically, by getting the money, I'm not obligated to give you the item. But if I give you the item, it's still called a transaction. Meaning, at the end of the day, I got the cow, and as payment, he plucked the figs. Boom. That's called a transaction. It should be chayv dollar behe, if not for uh, uh, I technically had I not returned the cow I wouldn't have been found guilty because of Kim Rabbinet. at the end of the day you took the item you returned it that's a transaction Gemara says I'll prove it to you Gemara says and I'll prove it to you that it doesn't matter the mechanisms as long as the conclusion is you give money and you get an item that's a transaction how so we know that an esnon which is pay payment for a zaina cannot be used as a carbon Let's say the Zaina is his mother. See, he lived with his mother, gave her a cow as a 
as payment, you're not allowed to bring the cow as a carbon. But wait a minute, it's not a transaction. Why? Because if let's say after, let's say after living with his mother, the mother said, "Can I have the payment?" Would he obligated to give? No. Came of the So you say it's not a real transaction. What's the answer? The answer is I don't care about the mechanism and the background of it. At the end of the day, you made a deal, you gave a bid, d- d- goods and service, and you paid for it. That's it. It's a transaction. Now, yes, had the mother sued the son in court for agreed-upon payment. If he didn't pay, would we force him to pay? No, because he's getting the death penalty anyway. But at the end of the day, it's still us or why. It's not a transaction. The answer is, you gave it as payment. That's all that matters. Have so to over here. Go to the next page, the beginning of the Amit. The answer is, we don't care about the mechanisms in the background. We don't care that had I been stopped in middle, would I have been obligated to give the item? It doesn't matter. You give and you got. It's a transaction. Therefore, you should be hired to pay dollar. But hey, if not for the fact of Kimle Midirabine. Okay, the next line in the Mishnah was that if a person steals an ox or a sheep and then sa- and slaughters it on Yom Kippur, you don't, you have to pay. Why? I came with Ramani. The answer is Yom Kippur does not have Misas Bezin. It only has Kares. And this view follows there is no Kim the Ramani Anachi of Kares. The Gemara says, Amri, wait a minute. Am I? Forget about the Kares. I understand there is no death penalty for desecrating Yom Kippur. It's just Kares. But Malkus, but there's still Malkus. So there should still be Kim the Ramani. Why? You, there's a rule similar to Kimler Rabbinay, which is just like Kimler Rabbinay, which means that when you get the worst punishment, you don't have to pay. So, to when you get lashes, you don't have to pay as well. So, why is it that if I slaughter an animal on Yom Kippur, I have to pay Dalit Vahay, I get lashes for the slaughtering? That should exempt me from the money. Malkus Mia Ika, the Kaimel and Dana Loika Mashalim. So, Amri, the answer is Hamani Rav Meir. Who is the author of our Mishnah? It's Rav Meir. Rav Meir's view is that you could get lashes and pay at the exact same time. Therefore, our Mishnah, which says you have to pay Dalit Vahay for Yom Kippur, even though there's lashes, because he holds that you get lashes and payment as well. He is the author of our Mishnah. Here's the problem. Rav Meir, while this explains the ruling of Yom Kippur, creates bigger problems. You're telling me our Mishnah follows Rav Meir, who says that you pay and get lashes. Doesn't Rav Meir not believe in the whole premise of Kim Lebed Ramine? Right, our Mishnah is going in the view that had you slaughtered the animal on Shabbos, you wouldn't have to pay because Kim Lebed Ramine. We've been talking about Kim Lebed Ramine the whole time. Rav Meir doesn't believe in Kim Lebed Ramine. Isn't the whole point of Rav Meir that the fact that you get lashes and you pay is because he doesn't believe in Kim Lebed Ramine? Meaning, wouldn't Rav Meir say the same thing that if you slaughter on Shabbos, you'd also have to pay Dalit because he doesn't believe in Kim Lebed Ramine? Though our Mishnah can't be Rameir, because Rameir, doesn't Rameir not believe in Kim the Rabine? How do I know? Maybe, maybe Rameir believes in Kim the Rabine, but he just holds that when you get lashes, you pay. Maybe he holds that if you get that death penalty, you don't have to pay, but only lashes. No. Perhaps you'll say that Rameir believes in Kim Lev the Rabine, he just holds that you get lashes. Not true. Bahatanya. If a person steals and slaughters the animal on Shabbos, which is a biblical desecration, or or if you steal an ox and sheep and slaughter for your which is also misa, or you steal an ox that's supposed to be stoned and slaughter it, you pay. Rameir says you pay. Why? Because he doesn't believe in Kim the Ramine. But what do you see? That Rameir doesn't believe in Kim the Ramine. So how could Rameir be the author of a Mishnah? Rameir doesn't believe in Kim the Ramine. Because Rameir holds that if you slaughter the animal on Shabbos, you're obligated to pay Dalit Behe because he doesn't believe in Kim the Ramine. So Gemara says no. Really, Rameir believes in Kim the Ramine. 
that he's the author of a Mishnah. So why do you have to pay when you slaughter the animal on Shabbos? The answer is the case is you didn't slaughter it. You told the Shliach to slaughter it. So the case is Reuven steals it. If Reuven would slaughter it on Shabbos, Avad Hibipater, because he'd get the death penalty and kill the Ramine. The case is Reuven steals it and then tells Shimon to slaughter it. So Shimon gets the death penalty, but Reuven pays. Oh, Barmi Nodahi, to Omri. The case, no, really Rameir believes in Kim of the Rabine. The case is where the slaughtering was done by a third party. So that third party gets a death penalty, but you have to pay. So here's the question. Isn't there a concept called Ein Shlich which means Reuben steals the item, and then he tells Shimon to, to slaughter it on Shabbos. Shimon slaughters it. Reuben has to pay. Why? Ein Shlich Why should Reuben be punished? Because he told Shimon to do it, Shimon shouldn't listen to him. Why is Reuben paying? Rameir says that if you slaughter on Shabbos, you chayev dalad behei. So we thought at first it's because he doesn't believe in Kim the Rabbinah. He says, no, he believes in Kim the Rabbinah. So why are you paying? Because the slaughtering was done by a third party. So if the third party did it, why do I have to pay? So the Gemara says, What about in The answer is, this is the exception. It says the Gemara, the answer is, this is the exception. Generally, we do not believe in Ein Shliach We believe in Shliach except for this. This is Yesh Shliach which means that if you appoint someone to slaughter it, you will be responsible to pay the Dalavahe. Why? Because the Pasuk says, slaughter or sell. Now, by selling definition, you need other people involved, so to the slaughtering can be done by other people as well. This is the exception to the rule. Yesh Shliach by Dalavahe. Another source of The word oy includes a shliach. And Fine. Okay, so here's the point. So really the case is where Reuven steals it. Now if Reuven would slaughter it on Shabbos, he wouldn't have to pay. But Reuven tells Shimon to slaughter it on Shabbos, so Reuven has to pay. But wait a minute, isn't there a rule by shlichus that if you can't do it, you can't appoint a shliach. So if Reuven were to slaughter it on Shabbos, he wouldn't have to pay because of Kim Ramine. So when he appoints a shliach, shouldn't he also not have to pay? Meaning, if he himself would not have to pay if he did it himself because of Reuven, good word, because it's, it's if Reuven would have slaughtered him, bemis, bemis, if Reuven would have slaughtered himself, he wouldn't have to pay because of Kim Ramine. So shouldn't it be the same thing that if he appoints a shliach, he also doesn't have to pay? You can say, well, uh, yeah, but if the rule is that if I'm exempt, if I can't, if I'm like like a like a guy can't appoint a shliach to do something that's related to Judaism because he's not involved. So if you're a potter because of Kim Ramine, how could you appoint a shliach? A shliach is an extension of you. If you'd be exempt, shouldn't the shliach also be exempt? Is there such a thing? That if he himself would do it, he wouldn't be obligated because it's Shabbos. The Ovid Shliach Mechaev, but if Shliach does his Chaev, does it make any sense? The answer is yes. Amle Ravashi, Hasam Lamashum Zoy Mechaevu, El Dekim the Rabbin. The answer is, the rule is that if you can't do something, you can't appoint a Shliach to do it. But over here, the reason why he doesn't have to pay if it's done on Shabbos is purely due to a technicality. Meaning, it's not like he doesn't have the Kayach to slaughter on Shabbos. If he slaughters on Shabbos, he doesn't have to pay due to technicality, Kim the Rabbin. But if he appoints a Shliach, of course he has to pay. I mean, if you can't do something, let's say a, a woman, uh, a woman is, uh, you know, not uh, able to divorce, uh, to force, uh, to to receive a divorce, uh, she, it's the husband, so she can't appoint shliach. That's different. I don't know. That's not a good example. But the point is, if you're not in the Indian, you can't appoint someone else. Over here, 
the fact that he doesn't get paid, he doesn't have to pay when it's on a shop. It's not because he's not in the Indian of you know of payment. It's Kim the Rabbi. It's due to exception. But if he points a shliach, he does have to pay. So you're telling me the case of Rav Meir, when Rav Meir says that if you tavach gonna be tavach shabbos or gonna be tavach vedizara or gonna have sharnisko v'tavachoi, he's all talking about a case. He's all talking about a case where you appointed a shliach to do it. Says the Gemara. So why did the Rabbanon disagree? It makes sense. Rameir makes perfect sense. I steal it, and Shimon slaughters it on Shabbos. And Yechayev, because this is the exception to the rule. So why did the Chum argue? We bought a bracelet with a Chum Paitim. Why did the Chum argue? So the Gemara answers, Amri Man Chacham Reb Shimon. The answer is, who is the author of, who are the Chachamim? Reb Shimon. What's the Reb Shimon? Reb Shimon holds, we quote in the Mishnah, you only chay of dalad behay if you slaughter in a way that it's now permitted to consume. Meaning, the case is, I stole and I slaughtered avodazar. Let's say I slaughtered it for avodazar. So Rameir says you chay because you did it through someone else. There's no kimli rabbi. So why did the chum poter? Because the chum holds. You're only chay of dalad behay if after you're slaughtering it you could eat the animal. Could you eat the animal? No, it was slaughtered for avodazar. It's asabahana poter. Uh, slaughtered uh, if a sharhanisko poter because you can't eat it. And if you slaughtered on Shabbos. Now we're going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole. This Gemara obviously believes that if you slaughter an animal on Shabbos, be it accidental or on purpose, you're not allowed to eat it. And therefore, the reason why you're potter is because you're only chayv dalad behay if after the, after the tvicha, the animal is mutter to consume. If the animal is not mutter to consume, it's not chayv dalad behay. And that's the chacham. Man chacham rav shimini, shechita. So wait a minute. So let's go through all of them. Bishlam I understand if you slaughter it, it's not edible. So it's a pro- so it's it's not chayv dal vehei shchidish in a roihi el shabbos shchita roihi. If you slaughter the animal on Shabbos, I understand it's a desecration, but if you do it accidentally, why can't I eat the animal? Even if you did it on purpose, I could eat it after Shabbos lachora. So what? Why is it not fit? It's not. Doesn't the Mishnah say? If you shecht an animal on Shabbos, even if you the death penalty, it's a kosher shechita. So, so, uh, so, what's the what, why is it why is it inedible? You're saying right now the reason why the chum pater is because the animal is inedible after the shechita. Why? Amri The answer is this follows the view of Yechanan Asandler. Yechanan Asandler's shechita is. That if you if you mechal Shabbos, be it accidental or on purpose, you're not allowed to benefit from it. The Tanya, as the Raisa says, if you cook on Shabbos, if you did it accidentally, you could still eat it. But if you did it on purpose, you can't eat it until after Shabbos. Now, that's the first view. Review the says no. Even if it's shaygig, you still can't eat it till after Shabbos. So if it's done accidentally, you could eat a Matzah Shabbos. If it's done on purpose, you can never eat it. I think Rameir also holds that if it's done on purpose, you can never eat it. Okay. And then you have Rav Yechonah Sandler, he says, If it's done accidentally, you're allowed to eat a Matzah Shabbos, but not for the person who it was slaughtered by or slaughtered for. Usser forever. Amazed is also for everybody forever. So you see, according to Rebbechan Sandler, if you slaughter the animal on Shabbos, you're never allowed to eat it. Whether Shaykh or Amazed, you're never allowed to eat it. So that's the view of the Chacham. 
Now that we mention this, let's analyze Rabbi Yechonon. Again, so when the, when the B'raisa said, the Chachamim say, if you shech the animal on Shabbos, you don't have to pay Dalad Vehei, it's because the Chachamim follow the Shita of Rabbi Shimon, that for Chayv Dalad Vehei, it has to be a Shita that makes the animal edible. And they follow the view of Rabbi Yechonon Asandler, that if you shech an animal, you're not allowed to eat it. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to eat it. So my time to Rabbi Yechonon Asandler, what's the Shita of Rabbi Yechonon Asandler based on? As Rechia taught the entrance of the base and sea, the Pasuk called Shabbos Kodesh. Ma Kodesh Asa Bachila, just like Kodshim is also to consume. Af Maisa Shabbos Asur Bachila, so to Shabbos is also to consume. Ah, wait a minute. Well, if you're going to compare Shabbos to Kodshim, then it should be also Bahanod on Shabbos. If you desecrate Shabbos, it should be also just like Kodshim. The answer is Tamalim Lechem. Lechem means no, you could benefit from it. Ah, so you might think that it's Aser forever, even it's Shoygig. No, it's only Aser forever if it's done B'Mezid. That's the Shita of Rebbe Now, this is a Pasuk, so it kind of sounds like it's a biblical issue. According to Rebbe Sandler, if someone desecrated Shabbos, even accidentally, you're not allowed to benefit from it, that sounds like it is a uh, a biblical prohibition. Says the Gemara, the truth is the machlekes. Pligi berav achav ravina. Chana remaisa shabbos deraisa. One opinion says that according to Rebbechan Asandler, if you desecrate shabbos, it's also deraisa to eat the item. The chana remaisa shabbos derabanan. One says no, it's only also derabanan. So man damer deraisa k'da'amr. Now, if if you want to hold it, it's deraisa that we just quote a pasuk kodesh, right? Man damer derabanan. What does he do with the pasuk? Amarka kodesh uno. Who kodesh vei maisa kodesh? No, he dashes the exact opposite. Biblically, Shabbos is Kodesh, but not something that's done on Shabbos. Only Shabbos itself is holy, but not a Misa that's done on Shabbos. The point is, this is a, uh, a machlekes as to how Rabbi Yechonah would dash in the Pasuk. So here's the problem. You're telling me before that when the Brisa says that Chachamim hold, that if you, if you shecht it on Shabbos, or you shecht it on or shecht Sharaniskol, there's no Chayv Dalet Vehei. Why? Because it's not edible. But that's only so. Why isn't it edible on Shabbos? If you shecht on Shabbos, Maisa Shabbos. But if you tell me Maisa Shabbos is only a rabbinic prohibition, that means that biblically it is edible. So you should be chayv dalad v'hey. So the Gemara says, "Bish l'mandam aderaisa." I'm to go to the next page. L'hachi pater rabbanon. L'mandam aderabbanon. My pater rabbanon. But if you tell me this is only a rabbinic issue, then why does that exempt me from dalad v'hey? The answer is Ashara. You're right. According to this version of the Brisa, you'd have to say that the Chachamim only disagree on the last two cases. The case of Chil Shabbos, they would agree that you are exempt. Uh, they would agree that you're chayv for Dalad Behei if it's done by a third party. You'd have to say that they only argue by Avodah and Shara Niskel. Avodah Okay, now, we said before that according to a mayor, you're chayv Dalad Behei if I get a third party to Shechnet for Avodah Here's the problem, though. We're assuming that when is the Dalad Behei triggered? At the end of the Shechita, when the animal is fully Shechted. But here's the problem. When does the Avodah begin? The first incision. You begin to cut, that's already for Avodah The entire, entire animal becomes Asabah So by the time you're done Shechting it, meaning you're telling me Yechayi Dalad Behei if a third party Shechs for Avodah But here's the problem. No way. Because when you Yechayi Dalad Behei, at the end of the animal. By the time you get to the end of the animal, you're already over Avodah the first second, the first beginning of the incision. So if you if you if it's already have a beginning of incision, it's already asabah no. By the time you get to the red end of the animal, it's no longer that person's. There's no chayv dalav anymore. So the Gemara says for a mayor, am I mechayv sheichel avay dezara? Even the shach of a porta, the second you cut a little bit asra, it renders the animal asabah no. 
and either chaser anonu, and now the animal no longer belongs to that original person. And therefore, should be, there should be no chayiv dalad vehei. So the Gemara says, Amarava, but Oimer the case is where the person specifically verbalizes, I am only going to shecht it for Avodazara when I'm done. The beginning of the incision, it's not yet for Avodazara. It's only for Avodazara when I'm completing of the slaughtering. Okay, that's the case. Now, here's the problem. Rav Meir said that if a third, that if you shecht a shar haniskol, you chayiv dalad vehei. Why you chayiv dalad vehei? Shar haniskol is So let's say, I steal, Reuben has a shar that killed someone, so it's chayiv, so they're supposed to get the death penalty. They're supposed to stone the animal. I break into Reuben's home, I shim and steal from Reuben, and I slaughter it. I have to pay Reuben dalad vehei. Why? The second it got the psak that it's supposed to be stoned, it's It's not his anymore. I didn't steal it from him. So the Gemara says, Shar niskol isura nanino. Lav de marketavas. Why mechay dalad vehe? So Amar Rava, it's very clever. Here the here's the case. The case is not what you thought. You thought the case was. I'll say this outside. We'll see it inside. You thought the case was that Ruvain's ox killed someone, and Ruvain is in charge. And they get a psaki supposed to kill the animal, and then it's stolen from. No, that's not the case. The case is Ruven gives Shimon his animal to watch. Shimon, while it's under his watch, the animal kills somebody. And the animal got the psak that it's supposed to get killed while it's under Shimon's watch. Now here's the deal. According to Rev Yaakov, if Shimon were to return the animal to Ruven, he would not have to replace the animal. As a Shimer, he could return the animal even though it's completely Asabana, and he could say, so the case is, you stole it from Shimon, you stole it from the Shimer. So I, you said, hey, why? I, it's also it has no value. The answer is, because the Shimer could have returned the animal, despite the fact that it has no value, that itself makes it that by you stealing it from Shimon, you are going mehezek to Shimon. And therefore, Yechayv Dalad Vehe. I mean, if you stole a taka from the original owner, you're right, it has no value to the original owner. But it has value to the Shimer, because the Shimer could return it. So now you're Chayiv Dalad because you taka a stolen animal that had some value. Now, meaning, so he has to pay the Shimer, because the Shimer could have returned the animal. And by you taking that away from him, you were Garim Memhezek. And therefore, the Shimer taka has value. Teruven has no value, but the Shimer taka had value. If you have to pay dollar pay to the shimer, so the Gemara says, "Amar Rava Hakam Ayaskin." In the case is, "Kigon Shemasul Shimer." Reuven gives his ox to a shimer to watch. The Hizik Be Shimer, and while it's under Shimer's view, under Shimon's watch, it kills somebody. The word Be Shimer, Vinigla didn't Be Shimer, and they got the psak to kill the animal while it was all under Shimon's watch. So Shimon has an option: he could return the item to Reuven, and he won't have to replace it. The Gemara says, "Rav Meir Savalak Rav Yaakov Savalak Rav Shimon." Rav Meir, who holds Yichayv Dalav Hey, is a combination of Rav Yaakov and Rav Shimon. How so? Savalak Rav Yaakov he holds like Rav Yaakov to Amr Af Mishinig Bardina Hechzir Shimon Lebayil of Muksa. He holds like Rav Yaakov that if Shimon the Shimer would want to return the item to Reuven, he would not have to replace it. He could be Yitzesign by returning the animal. He holds Rav Shimon that if you cause someone damage. If you cause him to lose money, that's like you stole it from him. Meaning, so therefore, I stole this item, this cow, that has no market value. But to Shimon, I was goyrim him hefzid mamen. So that's goyrim mamen kimamen dami. It's like I stole it from Shimon. It's like I caused him a financial loss. And therefore, the town of Shimon, Shimon holds that if a thief steals from the owner of Kodshim, 
You're chayiv. Why? I that it's kachim. The answer is because he has to replace it. So you're forcing me to replace animal. Animal that itself is a chayiv, and therefore, in this case as well, you stole it from the shomer. The shomer could have returned the animal. I it has no market value, but he would have been fulfilling his obligation, and therefore alma davar garm lamamukim mamadami. Therefore, you have to pay dalav vehe. So our mishnah. So just to to end that, that's the end of our discussion. So we originally said that our mishnah, which says that you're Chayiv dalad v'hei on Yom Kippur is because it follows Rav Meir that holds that you like it umeshalit. Here's the problem. I'm Rav Kana. I'm Ritel Shmaita. Come here, Rav Zvid Minardoi. Me matzus mukam sasisin k'rav Meir. Like Rav Shimon, you're telling me our Mishnah follows Rav Meir that you like umeshalim on Yom Kippur. But wait a minute. I mean, and not like Rav Shimon. Now Rav Shimon is not specifically mentioned, but he's not like everybody else. You tell me our Mishnah is like Rav Meir, and clearly not like Rav Shimon. Now again, Rav Shimon was not the bar plukta of Rav Meir, but the chachamim were. So Rav Shimon is included in this. You tell me that our Mishnah follows Rav Meir and not Rav Shimon. Here's the problem. How could say if I look at the end of the Mishnah? It says Rav Shimon pointed Bishnei Elu. Rav Shimon exempts the last two cases. That implies that he agrees to everything else, right? He argues on the last two, which implies he agrees to everything else. So how could you tell me our Mishnah follows Rav Meir, not Rav Shimon? I thought Rav Shimon agrees with everything in the Mishnah. No, no, no. It doesn't mean Rav Shimon agrees with everything in the Mishnah. The end of the mission had four cases. Rav Shimon said, I agree with the last, I disagree with the last two, but I agree with the previous two. He doesn't agree with the rest of the Mishnah. He agrees with the previous two cases of the Mishnah. The rest of the Mishnah, he could talk or argue. Last sugi, we'll end with this. Uh, if you steal from the father, and then you slaughter it, and then the father dies, you have to pay Dalat Vahe. Here's the Kasher of Asar Nachman. You have an ox that belongs to Reuven and Shimon. I steal it from both of them. But I admit to only one of them. We know that the Chiv Dalar is a Knas, and Moide be Knas Potter. So if I admit it before the Edom come, I'm Potter. So I admitted it to Reuven and not to Shimon. I don't want to admit to Shimon. I don't want him the satisfaction, but I admitted it to Reuven. So here's the question. So I don't have to pay Reuven the Dalar Vehe. Do I have to pay Shimon half of Dalar Vehe? Is there such a concept of half Dalar Vehe? I'm only obligated to Shimon, but obviously I'm only going to pay half of Dalad Vehei because he doesn't own the whole animal. Is there an Indian that I'm chayiv to pay half Dalad Vehei? Half of five oxen? Or no? It's all or nothing. That's the question. Do we say that you're only chayiv, it's all or nothing, and therefore because you don't have to pay five oxen, you don't have to pay five half oxen to Shimon? Perhaps no, I, I have to pay half. So Rav Nachman answered, Chamisha Bakam Rachmana Veloi Chamisha Chatsi Bakar. He says, Potter, all or nothing. You do not have to pay. Okay. Ace, we have a cash of the Yasser of Nachman. Ganav Mishal Aviv Tavachumachar. Let's say you steal. You have three kids. There's Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. They're all brothers. Reuven steals his father's oxen and, and he slaughters it. And then the father dies. So now Reuven has to pay Dalabay. Who does he have to pay to? His two brothers. I, there are three partners. He doesn't have to pay himself. So you see that there's a concept of paying one partner without the other. I mean, you told me that if you're moida to Reuven, right? In the case I'm moida to one shutif and not to the other, I don't have to pay the, ha- the other shutif because there's no such thing as paying a half of the chiv. It's all or nothing. If you don't have to pay all the, all the shutifim, it's all or nothing. But over here, isn't this case the same thing? The guy has to pay his brothers. Now, he's also a shutif in the animal because the father died. Does he have to pay himself? No. But he has to pay the other shutfim. So you see that there's an Indian. You, you pay, you know, you pay the percentage of what you owe. 
the Gemara says, So what's what's going on? So no, 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 no. That's different. Why? In the case of the sons, when he steals it from his father, he was found guilty in court before his father died. Therefore, he's obligated to pay full five oxen. That's why you have to pay. And even if, yes, he doesn't have to give his own share to himself. Okay. So it's like it's like you have a chiv to two shutfim and one shutf says, you know, it's on me. Of course, that doesn't exempt you from the other one because you still have a full chiv. Our discussion is where I steal it from two shutfim and I'm moida to one before I'm found guilty. So I'm only found guilty on a half. See, over there in the case of the father, the, the son was found guilty on all five oxen. So yes, he doesn't have to give his share to himself. Okay, he's moichel on his own share. But he still had a full chiv. Over here, though, our discussion is different. Our discussion is, I have two shots from Reuben and Shemin. I stole from both of them, but I'm moidah to Reuben. So I'm not chayiv to him. The question is, is there possible to be machayiv yourself only half of the chiv? As opposed to a full chiv that one shot of his moichel. Over here, the question is, is it possible to be only chayiv to one shutif, only chayiv to one of the partners, that itself we don't find from that case. The Gemara says, So the Gemara says one last point. Okay, so you tell me the case of the Mishnah with the father is where the son was found guilty before the father passed away. But had the son not found guilty before the father passed away, so then it would be our discussion, which is the the son steals from the father, that before he found guilty in court, the father dies, so now he's one of the shutfim, so he's obviously not chayiv to himself. The question is, is it possible to chayiv less than full five oxen. So you would say that's our discussion according to Rav Nachman, your potter. The question, why isn't that listed in the Mishnah? Why not say that in the Mishnah? When are you chayiv? When are you found guilty in court before the father died? So say that. The answer is, that's what the Mishnah means. I did not see Rasha God of Mishalavi Vitavakumak Rachmesav. Now Sivanami Sefa God of Mishalavi Vachakumak. That that's what he means. That's what he means. Let's just end with this. So the first time, so at, at the first the first statement that Rav Nachman had at night, when he was asked about the Shaila of being moided to one shutif, he says, You potter. Let's say the next morning Rav Nachman said, I changed my mind. No, Khamisha Bakam Rahmanafidu Khamisha Khatsoi Bakr. No, you're actually chayev to one of the shutfim, you chayev half of the five oxen. So why didn't he say that before? Why did I change my mind? Why did I change my mind? Because I didn't uh, eat meat. I mean, I didn't look into it properly. But now that I, I spent the night learning, I changed my perspective. All right, we'll stop here. Pick it up tomorrow.